This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Tuesday, September 13th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Newsom looks to overrule Biden. Cannabis gets blazed. And fertilizer prices will stay high. Newsom signals tension with Biden on card check bill. Governor Newsom has been reluctant to share details on his conversations with the president over AB 2183 after President Biden publicly urged Newsom to sign the United Farm Workers bill last week. President Biden weighs in on a lot of issues, said Newsom in an interview yesterday with Star Media. The governor noted that he vetoed a similar bill last year and offered many amendments to UFW on this year's bill. I hope they'll take a look at those amendments, said Newsom, indicating he is holding steadfast to his earlier decision to veto AB 2183 that despite the new pressure from Biden and other Democratic leaders. Cannabis farms face a greater risk to wildfires. Wildfires are threatening cannabis more than any other agriculture commodity in California, that according to new research from UC Berkeley. A survey found most cannabis farms throughout the state are confined to remote regions, particularly those in Northern California, the famed Golden Triangle that launched the underground industry. Cannabis fields are located in zones with significant fire risk more often than any other crop. More than a third were in high fire zones, while a quarter were in very high fire zones. By comparison, just 9% of grapes face a high fire risk. Aside from direct fire, smoke and ash could cause further damage to the crops. The potential losses could be catastrophic, considering that cannabis accounts for $3 billion in annual sales. Biden order aims to boost biotech. A new executive order from President Joe Biden calls on departments and agencies to take steps to increase the use of bio-based products and identify barriers to agriculture biotechnology. Among other things, the order gives USDA, FDA, and EPA 180 days to identify areas of ambiguity, gaps, or uncertainties in the federal regulatory system for biotechnology. The order says the complexity of the system can be, quote, confusing and create challenges for businesses to navigate. Within 280 days, the agencies are required to submit a plan for implementing reforms, including identifying regulations and guidance documents that need to be, quote, updated, streamlined, or clarified. Within 280 days, the agencies are required to submit a plan for implementing reforms, including identifying regulations and guidance documents that need to be updated, streamlined, or clarified. Separately, the order requires USDA to write a report on ways to use biotechnology and biomanufacturing for food and agriculture innovation, including for improving land conservation, increasing crop yields, and protecting against plant and animal pest and disease. The order also seeks to increase the government's use of bio-based products by requiring agencies to train staff on purchasing these goods. ERP second round underway. The bulk of the money has been distributed under the emergency relief program, leaving USDA employees with the job of sorting through some of the more complicated applications still to come. 
Speaking yesterday to members of the National Farmers Union, Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack said pre-filing ERP applications with crop insurance and data for producers who suffered natural losses ended up saving about a million hours of staff time and a million hours of farmer time and allowed us to get those payments out in record time. So far, he said $7 billion of the program's $10 billion has been distributed. Now, the department is faced with the more daunting task of doling out relief to producers who were not covered already. Vilsack specifically referenced growers with shallow loss issues or participants in the Stacked Income Protection Plan, or STACS. FSA Deputy Administrator for Farm Program Scott Marlowe said USDA also plans to address an unforeseen issue with prevented planting in the second round. By the way, pressed by an NFU member for an answer on staffing issues at many Farm Service Agency County offices, Vilsack said it may be time for a salary boost. He said it used to be that jobs in the FSA offices were the very best jobs in a rural community. That's not the case today, so we're not competitive with the wages we're paying, he said. FAPRI forecasts projects fertilizer expenses staying up. The Food and Agriculture Policy Research Institute at the University of Missouri is out with an updated farm income forecast. The bottom line for this year is similar to USDA's updated projections. Both estimate net farm income in 2022 at about $148 billion. That's a slight decline from 2021 when adjusted for inflation. Now, compared to USDA, FAPRI economists are estimating higher expenses for fertilizer this year, but also stronger revenue. USDA's estimate for poultry revenue, on the other hand, is higher than FAPRI. Take note, FAPRI estimates farmers will spend nearly $47 billion on fertilizer this year, up from $29.5 billion in 2021. Fertilizer costs are expected to moderate some in 22, falling about falling to about $40 billion. But they are not expected to get back under $30 billion before 2025. Railroads set embargoes on certain goods ahead of looming strike. Major railroad companies have enacted or are preparing to place embargoes on certain materials, that including anhydrous ammonia, as fears of a worker strike grow despite agreements with 10 of the 12 unions involved in negotiations. The Association of American Railroads said in a release last week that the six Class 1 railroads were planning to begin efforts on Monday to embargo hazardous and security-sensitive materials, including chlorine and chemicals used in fertilizer. Smart TD and the Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers and Trainmen, the two unions that have not come to an agreement on the contract, called the measures corporate terrorism and scare tactics meant to force Congress to impose an agreement between the two parties. Keep in mind, the railroads and the unions must agree by Thursday if they want to ward off a potential strike by engineers and conductors who make up a large portion of the approximately 115,000 union workers. Well, here's today's They Said It. We encourage collaboration among diverse parties across the state in actively supporting a new vision for water management in the Delta and its rivers. 
That's Jennifer Pierre and David Guy and an op-ed for Cal Matters on voluntary agreements for Bay Delta Flows. Pierre is a general manager of the state water contractors and Guy, president of the Northern California Water Association. The state water board will decide the fate of the agreements in the coming months. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Tuesday, September 13th. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Nelly.